Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. On this episode of the Feminine Genius Podcast, I am excited to share my conversation with Jackie Sangha. Jackie is a mindset and business coach for new service-based entrepreneurs and an online business manager for six-figure coaches who want to delegate operations, project management, and systems management to scale their businesses. And with new entrepreneurs, she helps women who struggle with perfectionism and procrastination by meeting them where they are and helping them shift into empowering new stories about their identity. Jackie shared with me some of the personal adversities in her own life that she faced, and after making a life-changing pivot, Jackie has come to not only learn how to trust herself, but ultimately trust God's plan for her. In this episode, Jackie and I talk about how she got into coaching and what she did before, the challenges that come with discerning well, and what it means to really honor and trust ourselves in the way that God does. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I am so good. How are you? I'm so great. Thank you. It's so great to connect with you again. Like I know we've connected a couple times here and there, but it's great to be with you in this space and to chat with you. And I can't wait to just share some of your story with our listeners. So thank you for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners and share a little bit about what it is that you do right now? Yeah, of course. So I currently work for myself. I am a mindset coach and I work with the procrastinating perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I love coaching my clients on things like time management and energy management from a more feminine standpoint so that we are learning how to be productive working with our bodies and not against them when we are achieving big goals. And a lot of this is tied to how do we root ourselves in our identity and and release any shame that's maybe tied to our worth and how we used to believe that our productivity is related to our worth as a person in God's eyes. So that's a very short description, Uh, but I used to be a music teacher full-time, but right now I'm running my business full-time. Because we're just chatting about this before we hit record. So there are so many things to dive into, but to really center this conversation, like you said, you're talking about how you love to, you know, help guide women to work with our bodies and to come from a place of where does our identity lie. From there, I was wondering if you'd be able to share a little bit about your personal faith journey and how you've come to, you know, maybe achieve the identity or that recognition of that identity that you have. Yeah, that's such a great question. Okay, so I recently was doing a spiritual life map. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like all of the different ways that God has really blessed me. So I am a cradle Catholic. Let's start there. My mom was always the kind of person who literally she would be sitting on the toilet and she'd be like praying her rosary. You know what I mean? Like she's like always praying her rosary. (laughs) And so I was just talking to my sister about this, about how we really owe a lot to our mom for just grounding us in such a beautiful strong devotion to Mary. And that has been a huge 
place of grounding me back to my faith when things get really difficult. And so as different life adversities have happened, I'm just so grateful to my mom for that. As my own personal faith journey kind of evolved in high school, I realized I wanted to go to a Catholic university because I'd gone to public school all my life. I really wanted to be in a Catholic community. And then from there at CUA, I had met my spiritual director and she is actually a trauma therapist right now. She was a consecrated laywoman in a Regnum Christi. And then she had decided to discern out of that because she realized she was called to another vocation. And from that ongoing relationship and having someone who understood what it was like to come from a family of divorce was really, really helpful for me and like helping me form my own faith and strengthen my identity. Not just all of the things that I am, you know, I'm an immigrant, I'm a woman, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, all of these things. But instead of like having those external things, especially like the hard things define who I am, but just like really, really stay firm in God's love for me in all of those things, whether it's something to celebrate or if it's a personal adversity and My personal faith journey, in a nutshell, I think has been very grace-filled. And I'm really grateful that my relationship with God has just strengthened up to where I am right now. Mm -hmm. There are so many facets of our identity. And I think that this really has been a very striking conversation that's been happening in our world now. You know, we're not just one thing or we're not just one being. There are, in fact, so many things that impact who we are and how we go about the world. And in particular for us as Catholics, it's also like, how do we relate to our faith and how do we go about then like living it out? While you were at Catholic University of America, what were you studying and what was it that you were hoping to do? there? Yeah, Yeah. that's a great question. So I majored in music education. Music is one of my biggest passions in life. And I just have so many memories of that beautiful feeling of consolation after a performance, during a performance, before a performance, like when I'm in rehearsal. And it's just so many confirmations that God wanted to use singing as a way to continue healing me. Singing itself, the music itself, it's, it's so healing. So I graduated in 2015 and I've been a music teacher since 2015. And I recently pivoted from teaching music full time to what I do right now, which is running my own business, my own company. As we were talking about this before, I just, I had this idea that I was going to be a public school teacher for the rest of my life. And like, I love my professors. I love the work of teaching music so, so, so much. And I've, I mean, I wouldn't have gone to grad school for that either if I didn't love it. Right. But recently I've just been feeling so called to participate more in the healing profession just because God has really done so much in my own healing over the years and (laughs) reflecting back with my spiritual director it was like wow I mean she's known me for like eight years or more and she's like yeah knowing who you were (laughs) when I first met you and knowing who you are now (laughs) um yeah God is just so good in terms of how he's changed my own heart and how he walks with me so And I think that when it comes to that whole pivot, it really ties back to that identity where there are so many things, I think, in our lives that really speak to and also denote to the world who we are, what we're interested in, where we think we're going to go. But ultimately, we know that God has different plans for us. And sometimes he can lead us through a particular period of time into a particular season. And then suddenly it feels like the world is shifting. 
So Mm -hmm. when it came to that particular moment where you realized maybe I do want to pivot into the healing profession and maybe start looking at that a little more seriously, lean into the business that I'm doing a little more seriously. What is that like to have that conversation with God and be like, hey, is this actually something that you want me to do? And like, how do you go into that bravely? I love this question. So I would say it maybe wasn't so much one moment as it was God pursuing me and God taking me on multiple dates with this idea, Mm. (laughs) you know, like this romance of, Hey, I know you love this thing right now, which is, you know, teaching music. And I know you've worked so hard on this, but I have something else that is even more fulfilling for you. Mm-hmm. Like as fulfilling as music is for me, I couldn't ignore all of the spirit-filled moments where I just like so clearly was convicted of, wow, the Holy Spirit has healed so much. And I know that I have to do this. I know that I have to continue honing my expertise because I know what it's felt like to think that I'm so abandoned and that I'm so alone and it's so much desolation. But then like to have watched God pull me out of that and to really just like open my eyes to where he is and where he continues to be and where he has been in all of those like difficult moments of my life. I'm just like, how can I not, you know what I mean? It's just like, how can I not listen to this? And how can I not continue to see the evidence? My spiritual director would would say this to me of how like, it's not so much the external thing, but rather how the external thing magnifies what's in your heart. And she's always said that to me. It was just that like, I can't tell you the answer because it's not about the answer. And this is what I tell my clients as well. It's like, it's not about the right answer. It's can you work on trusting yourself to realize that God is leading you through these little tugs along the way. That's why discernment is so beautiful. It's like this continual discernment of the heart and finding where has that stillness and that peacefulness that like, you know, is not going to come from anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. Where am I continuing to find that, right? And then on the other hand, so like when I was teaching, there was a lot of emotional turmoil there. And again, teaching is beautiful and I'm still so connected to all my music teacher friends, but just for me internally, there was a lot of internal unrest. And I knew that while I loved the work that I did teaching music to children and forming children in their formative years, I knew that there was also something where I was just like, there's so much hurting and wounding and I can only do so much as the music teacher. Right. And the different initiatives that are going on in education right now regarding like social emotional learning and trauma informed teaching that wasn't available when I was in school (laughs) in in the state, when I was a child going through really difficult things that was not available. So it's almost like, am I called to work with adults who didn't have these things that support when they were growing up. So as far as like deciding bravely, really it it just a a series and a period of me just asking questions, asking people and like allowing myself to be open to how God was speaking through them 
to me as I was asking people and just like taking the next step, taking the next step, whether it was like speaking to an admissions counselor or like speaking to someone who was a really successful business owner and just letting my heart be romanced in that way. Not like distracting myself from my job, but if the pull is just cannot be ignored, I came to a point where I was just like, I just can't ignore this anymore. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, this is also now such a big part of me and, and, and so much of like my personal interests have shifted as well. And with coronavirus going on, it's not like I can actually, you know, go join a choir or (laughs) sing or have these performances right now. So it's just, it's just so funny how timely it kind of all happened. And then with my coaching certification program, it just kind of lined up so that the end of the program also ended at the same time that my teacher contract ended and that Mm. my husband would graduate from med school. So it was just like, okay, like I'm just going to go and I'm going to start right now. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to like learn some things. And then as soon as we had moved, it was just that like, there was even more confirmation of like, I'm going to give you your full-time income right as soon as you finish this program. And it was okay, Lord, like, here we go. I'm going to accept your blessing and I'm going to receive this from you because to do otherwise would be to insult you and your Mm. greatness, which is something my mom would always say. It was just that like, (laughs) if you don't ask God for big things, you're insulting him. And I was like, what? (laughs) But yeah, so... Yeah. It's that concept of magnanimity, you know, what your mom was alluding to, just asking and desiring great things from God. And I also love how you were talking about just discernment as being a beautiful thing. And I think that, of course, at the end of the day, discernment is a beautiful process. But I think that, like, I can speak for myself where I say that sometimes we overcomplicate discernment as a process. And that's what makes it ugly, I think, is because, you know, you're talking about very practical what is the logical next step? Like if, if you took the label of discernment off, like, okay, if I wanted to learn more about something, what do you do? You talk to people who are already in it. You talk to people who have experience. You talk to the people who are maybe representing the university or representing whatever. These are all very logical things that we are more than capable of doing. And yet sometimes (laughs) we get so paralyzed by, ah, like this is my whole life and super important. Obviously we have to take it super seriously, but I guess it's like what I'm hearing is that there really is the one logical way to go about it. And that is really to, as scary as it is, lean on God and then just take logical next steps and really just allow your heart to be led. And I love how you talk about being romanced. This is predominantly a women's podcast. So I hope that all women feel like, oh, yes, it's like, that's so great. But men too, men should also feel like they're being pursued in a very manly way or however they're meant to be pursued. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess like I want to speak into just how you're able to like all of these skills that you have gained or these experiences that you've had. Now I want to kind of turn that onto your business where now like you're doing coaching, you are helping other women to do that. So I guess like, when did you decide to start this business and how has that been helping to coach women into being the best women that they can be? So I actually started in network marketing. I did direct sales and I was leading women through a healthy living cleanse I loved it because I was getting healthy myself and I loved seeing myself honor my body in the way that I thought God really wanted me to honor my body that he's given me as his created creature. And at the same time, though, I had noticed that there were a lot of women that I was coaching through that, through like the healthy living products, that there were a lot of emotional issues tied to 
the concept of like losing weight or like getting healthy. And I was like, I want to help them towards their emotional issues, but I didn't know how. And I wanted to get more training in addressing the more emotional parts of working with your body and getting healthier. And so I had found a company that certifies people and helping women heal the relationship with food and their body. What I had realized was I wasn't so much wanting to talk a lot about food anymore as I wanted to talk about their relationship with time. And what I realized is a lot of women who struggle with food in their body also struggle with time. And really when it comes down to time management is your own ability to manage your time or your schedule is a reflection of your relationship with yourself. So if you're constantly scheduling things for yourself, but you don't follow through on it, it's not a calendar issue. It's a relationship with yourself issue. So there is where I kind of apply principles that I learned from my coaching certification program of like honoring your relationship with your body and yourself and then combining it with tactics and practices to really help you maintain an effective calendar that's not burning you out and that's not having you overworking or procrastinating, which are all really symptoms of how strong is your relationship with yourself. So on the outside, I am a productivity coach and mindset coach, but uh, on the back end, we really go really, really deep. And I love talking about time management in this way because healing is such a big part of my own journey. So it's like when you keep your word to yourself, Hmm. it's almost a way of healing the younger part of you that maybe believed that she was abandoned or maybe that believed that she was alone. But it's like, well, now you have the opportunity at every moment or every time block to show yourself, I am going to show up for myself or I am worthy of having my needs be met or I am worthy of being listened to. So following through on the things that you say you're going to do for yourself, whether it's start a business, whether it's complete a project or finish a book you always said you were going to read. Then it's like, how can we get so specific on like, when am I going to do this? Where am I going to do this? Right. These like very specific things. When you actually get to the time walk on your calendar and your brain offers you the thought that you don't want to do it, going back to, but you do want to do it, right? Because right. <laughs> you are the one who decided it in advance that you wanted to do this thing for you. So it's a lot of inner work and external work as well, which is really, really, really satisfying to me to just see how my clients go from unaware of various things that they're doing and just unaware of their own connection to their body to really physically aware of, oh, okay, I'm noticing that I'm doing this. And so therefore because I'm noticing this now and I'm aware of it. I'm conscious of why I'm doing this. I'm going to be more intentional with my choices and I'm going to make the most loving choice to myself. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny just because I am thankful sometimes that this is not like a video series because just as Jackie was mentioning that I gave myself a face palm because that I just (laughs) felt so seen in that moment. Like, oh, my calendar is a mess. My schedule is a mess. But (laughs) like, I think you raised an excellent point. And it ties back to what you were mentioning earlier, Jackie, just about how we, especially as women, like we want to help, we want to be there for people. And we're like pouring out into other people. And that's fantastic. Like, I think that it's so necessary and important for us to show up for other women, but we can only give what we have in inside of us. If we're not taking adequate time, and I know that self-care is such a glamorous phrase, but it's like, if we're not taking adequate care of ourselves, like you're saying, how could we possibly show up for other people? 
in a very meaningful way, because if not, we're kind of like burning the candle on both ends. And in terms of your own practice and maybe what you've seen with clients, how can we ensure that we're making even more time for ourselves just so that we can be more intentional and be more present without having to burn ourselves out that way? One of the things that I really like to kind of guide my clients to notice and track from the beginning is their energy and their physical energy so that you are working with your body. So like, obviously, you know, the difference between men and women is we have a menstrual cycle. And often what I'll see women doing is like, they're constantly go, 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 go. And Hmm. what is so much more productive and self-honoring is in very practical ways to notice is my physical energy really, really low right now because of my cycle? And if so, Hmm. how can I give myself so much more grace in this particular period because my body is not working with me? And then noticing when I am more fruitful, (laughs) I notice that. Y'all notice that my mental focus and my body is just working with me. So I can make as much use of this period to be really fruitful and get things done really excellently. But then like releasing the shame of when I didn't feel like doing something, right? I ask myself why, and I really look at all of these different factors in my life. What's going on? What happened externally? What is my cycle like right now? We don't do a whole lot of like cycle tracking, but that's just a thing that I like to mention of just like realizing that you were made so differently in the eyes of God, right? Like you right. you were made very differently. So you cannot operate in the same way as Amanda. Amen. <laughs> and oh, it's, so and it's like, it's, It's not fair to put this huge pressure on ourselves to have really unrealistic ways of working and producing. And so when we consider how we were made and how our bodies can actually work with us towards the goals that we're working on with God, it's like, this gets to be so much easier. We don't have to be chasing all the wrong things and make it look like we're busy when being busy doesn't always necessarily mean fruitful or productive on the right things, right? Um, So it's like a combination of how well do I know myself and my body? And then how much am I willing to be honest with myself and the Mm -hmm. stories that I'm telling myself? And it doesn't matter if you're not being honest with me. What matters is, are you being honest with yourself on what story you're attaching to a certain external circumstance? Right. You know, as we all know, historically, like women have had the shorter end of the stick and we've had to work so much harder in the workplace, like just showing up and making sure that we're heard, making sure that we're visible. And I'm thankful for all the women who are out there and really like fighting the good fight and pioneering and just trailblazing and all that. But I think at the same time, like because of the fact that we're so different biologically and emotionally and the ways in which like we respond to other people, it is incredibly unrealistic to expect to have the same output as men. And so many times I feel like I'm running myself to the ground just to try and keep up, if not to other women, but also to just kind of make it known. I'm here. Please listen to me. You know, I love the term that you've been using, like honoring ourselves and honoring just who it is that God has made us to be. We were made to follow him and not follow other people or try to catch up with other people. So there's just a lot of like inspiring things that I'm hearing from you. And I'm just so grateful that there are women out there who are speaking truth and really highlighting this thing that perhaps a lot of us and myself included don't even realize that we're doing to our own bodies and doing to ourselves. 
Yeah. And this is not to shame at all. It's just like to bring awareness to your current situation and knowing that you're never behind. You are never, ever behind. You can start a business when you're 60. You can write a book when you're 44. You can pivot your career in your late 30s. I love how you were saying we're not so much not caring about what other people are going to think of us. I mean, we want to care about how other people perceive us, but not to a way that's lying to ourselves or in a way where we're abandoning our own desires, which like our desires are God-given when we realize it's a pattern of I've wanted this thing for so long and how can this not be from God, right? And if our desires have been formed well, I mentioned that because as we were talking earlier, I had had those moments in my own pivot of, oh my gosh, like, what is everyone going to think of me? Like I had been building an Instagram following for like music teachers for like five years. And it was all of a sudden, now I'm talking about self-care and (laughs) taking care of yourself while everybody's talking about personal development. I look at all of these people who are years and years ahead of me. I don't know if I actually love how they're taking care of themselves. You know what I mean? And like, if that's the way that they're taking care of their bodies and they've had to sacrifice their bodies and themselves for a professional outcome. I don't want that. But I also do not want to let my own fears of what someone else is going to think of me prevent me from taking the next step of how is God calling me to serve him? And how is God calling me to be his hands and feet for other people? Because the longer that I avoid that, the more that other people don't get served by the gifts that he's given me and whatnot. My confidence doesn't come from myself because <laughs> my confidence comes from what has been given to me and what's not mine. And none of this is mine. I'm just a steward of my gifts and talents. And I can't let the fear of what I don't even have evidence for of someone saying something bad about me or like someone telling me I'm a disappointment or what have you. Those are all just stories that we have in our mind that we don't actually have evidence for. So it's like, how can I ground myself in the truth of what's actually present and real and true and including my own heart in that? Because God speaks so clearly when we listen. And when we don't listen, he just shows us many more signs for us to listen to. And in particular, to go back to like what you were just saying too about how it's never too late. That is just a truth that it is never too late to make a change or make a move or to learn a new skill. And I think like I would include God's love in that and the parable of the prodigal son, like it is never too late to turn back to him. And not only that, but to recognize that the moment we do, he's already out the door running towards us and he's running to meet us where we're at. And one of the things that does come up when it comes to discernment, like we were mentioning earlier, people have a tendency, and I include myself in this, to fear that they're not going to discern well or they Mm. don't know how to discern properly. When you're guiding women through navigating these life changes, big or small, what are some things that you remind them of when it comes to taking that first step and not being afraid? So I think a good answer to this question is in not so much what I say to them, Mm -hmm. but how I teach them to not rely on me for the answer. So I'll set boundaries at the beginning and I'll I'll set expectations in the beginning and I'll very clearly state like, there's not the answer. There are several different ways to look at this, but I want you to release your dependence on 
the need for the right answer and to me as well. Like I am not infallible. So I will make a mistake. I will make several mistakes. I'll tell you something that doesn't resonate with you. And I have different ways of, of just having them reflect and self-reflect of like, am I asking Jackie this question because I don't actually trust myself for the answer or am I asking Jackie just because I need more examples? And that's, I mean, there's a difference, right? Am I just avoiding sitting with myself and sitting with the thing I know in the back of my mind? Or I just need a little bit more pieces of the puzzle so that I can create an answer. I know that was a long-winded answer to your question, but in those little ways, self-trust is built not in just like one big event, but rather in little micro actions. And so how can we be the loving, curious observer of every area of your life where it looks like you're attaching somebody else's opinion or weighing in somebody else's opinion as more important than yours. And it's like, well, who told you somebody else's opinion was more important than yours? You know what I mean? And so there's lots of different ways that we can go down this route, but I really try to serve as just like the mirror of where are you not trusting yourself and why? And what can we do on a micro level to start showing yourself that you are trustworthy, that you are worthy of your own trust. And when my spiritual director told me this for the first time, years and years ago, that Christ trusts me, I had the biggest mind blowing moment. I was like, (laughs) he does? It was crazy. I was like, no one has ever told me that before. So it was like a really big moment in my healing journey to receive that and to receive that idea that God does have confidence in me because he made me and he resides in me. So when I'm trusting myself, it's giving him an opportunity to speak to those places that need his clarity, not just clarity, but that confidence. I love coaching women when it comes to like being certain about a decision because I mean, you got to let your yes be yes and your no be no, whatever it is. Right. And like God doesn't live in you teetering back and forth over and over. Right. It's like, we have to let ourselves be okay with the wrong decision, knowing that it's not actually the wrong decision. It's just another opportunity where God has more lessons for us to learn. For sure. There are just so many parts of that where I just felt pierced. But I think the biggest thing, which for you all those years ago, warranted that big reaction of the fact that Christ trusts us. You know, God sent his only son to walk among us and to die for us. And ultimately to show and model this fact that he wants to encounter us in an individual way. And he wants to co-labor with us. The fact that all of us are here on this earth is because of the fact that we have to be his hands and feet on this earth and serve different peoples in the ways in which he's called us. And the fact that he has trusted us to do that and not just kind of come and like, okay, like you're clearly not doing what I want you to. Therefore, like, I'm just gonna like wipe you out and I'll just do it myself. I see that in my own management and delegation style. Sometimes I'm like, if the God of the universe can entrust me, who knows nothing about anything to do something, the least that I can do is first trust myself, but also trust other people to get the job done. But I think that if we can really start to build trust within ourselves and our relationships, big things can happen. So I just want to thank you for speaking all of that truth. Like I hope that listeners feel like they've been changed and they've been inspired today and always to just trust and honor themselves 
a lot more. And and Jackie, I think just as we tie this together, and when you think about your own personal journey, and you think about the work that you're doing now, you know, God willing, where it is that he'll get you to end up, how have you seen your feminine genius flourish throughout all of this? You know, it's funny, a client of mine was like, you know, you speak so similarly to all of the other things that I've learned regarding like the integration of psychology and faith, but you just bring this femininity to it. And I was like, huh, I've never, (laughs) I've never been told that before. That's so interesting. (laughs) Receiving is something that I want to say. I'm just like allowing, especially in the past year, like I had such big blocks to receiving love in so many ways, Mm. in so many ways. That was a huge thing that I had worked on through my coaching certification program, just realizing that that was an internal difficulty. And when we as women have difficulty receiving anything, whether it's compliments, money, whatever it is, it's just another opportunity for us to take a look internally and ask the Lord, what am I not seeing? Hmm. What do you want me to see right now about this? And how do you want me to act upon this new knowledge that you're going to make me aware of so that I can receive what you want me to receive? Often we are our own biggest (laughs) blocks to receiving what God wants for us. It's such a beautiful thing when you realize what has been blocking you from receiving that mercy and that forgiveness and that love, essentially. Um, So I would say I see my feminine genius in allowing myself to receive God in any way he wants to present himself to me. And I wish that for every woman listening to this. Well, I also wish the same thing for every woman and, you know, every person that, you know, happens to listen, because I know that some men drop by, but, um, but Jackie, (laughs) I just can't thank you enough for, you know, inspiring me today. And also, like, I know that all the listeners who will listen to this will be inspired as well. Would you be able to lead us in a closing prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of today, for the gift of each other, for the gift of health, for everything that you have given us. And we ask that you open our eyes and our hearts to see where you are even more clearly. Help us to see you in every single moment, whether It's a moment of consolation, a moment of desolation. Help us to see you there so that our faith can be even more strengthened in you. And also, Lord, help us to see where are the innermost parts of our hearts that we're avoiding so that we can bring them even more sincerely to your heart and unite ourselves to your most sacred heart and offer our lives to you and towards the salvation of souls. May we continue to follow your will every single day from this moment where we are listening to this today and for the rest of our lives. Give us the grace to follow your will every single day. And let's end with a Hail Mary, shall we? Sure. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Jackie, thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for having me. My thanks again to Jackie Sanga for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. I hope that you've come away from this episode feeling as inspired and refreshed as I did after I finished recording and editing it. You can learn more about Jackie by checking out her website, JackieSunga.co, and you can follow her on Instagram for more tips and inspiration. She's at JackieSunga.co. I've left links to these in the episode description below. You can stay up to date with the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at FemGeniusPod. And you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and many other platforms. All this information can be found on our website, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless always.